Hey everybody, you're listening to Don't Be Afraid of Your Dreams, the podcast where we talk about the movies we love and the monsters we all face. I'm your host, David Anderson, and today we're talking about holiday hauntings and Christmas miracles with a little help from a Christmas carol. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and welcome back. I'm really happy to be here with you. Let me say right at the top here that I am getting over a cold, so let's just all pretend that my cold voice is sexy and not gross, okay? I took a little break over Thanksgiving, which I didn't really intend to do. I had all kinds of ideas about where I wanted the next few episodes to go, and I was working on mapping that all out and recording, fully intending to publish at least bi-weekly. And that's still what I'd like to do, but... I also want to leave room to follow inspiration when it shows up and not feel like I have to have everything figured out ahead of time. So I really appreciate you hanging in there while this podcast continues to decide what it wants to be. Let's pour some nog and talk. For so many of us, the holidays can be about stress and obligations and getting it all done, right? So let's just let all that go for a while. Let's hang out and see where the conversation goes. You know, when I was starting to think about a Christmas episode, I had a few ideas I was mulling over, but none of them were really doing it for me. Did I want to talk about that iconic episode of Tales from the Crypt and All Through the House that has become a Christmas Eve tradition at my house? I absolutely adore the campfire tale of an escaped mental patient who dresses up as Santa Claus and stalks a woman who has murdered her husband to get her greedy hands on his life insurance policy. Ugh, just when you think your night can't get any worse. And boy, can Mary Ellen Trainer scream. Or Joan Collins, if you prefer that version. No! That's great, but no. What about Black Christmas? Another movie I watch every year. I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point, but if you haven't seen it, it's a great holiday slasher that predates Halloween and When a Stranger Calls, establishing a lot of the genre tropes we credit those films with, including the whole the calls are coming from inside the house reveal. Hello? 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 Hey, quiet! It's him again! The Mona! The Mona! I love it, but sorry, this isn't your year, Black Christmas. Krampus? Krampus? Krampus the movie? Krampus the figure? Sure, a conversation about the dark pagan roots of Christmas checks a lot of boxes for me. I certainly love the idea of Krampus and the way it's kind of inexplicably crossed over into mainstream pop culture over the last 10 years or so. Are we going to see Krampus on one of those CNN Decade in Review specials that I also love to watch this time of year? Remember the 2010s when we all started collecting vinyl, rebooting 90s sitcoms, and were obsessed with a half-man, half-goat demon from Central European folklore who stole our collective hearts? We were crazy. Mm, so none of that was sounding particularly interesting to me. But you know what kept popping up was a Christmas carol. And I wasn't sure where that idea was coming from. I mean, talk about basic. Well, let's talk about a Christmas carol at Christmas. Fascinating. Won't that just tickle your Yule log? But not only that, but I don't have any particular personal connection to a Christmas carol or even an adaptation of it that's my go-to. Like most people, it's just a story that's always kind of been there that I know, but I don't spend too much time thinking about it. So what was the story trying to tell me? Something that I continue to circle back to is the idea of magic. 
what's possible when we just leave ourselves open to a little magic. And for me, holidays in general are a great way to reconnect with our magic, specifically those holidays tied to seasons, the passage of time, and traditions that help us acknowledge our place in the vastness. This may seem like a silly example, but I am so glad that I got to have the experience of believing in Santa Claus as a kid. I'll tell you what, I have nieces and nephews now, and actually they're past the point of believing in Santa Claus themselves. They're too old. But before they were born, Santa never stopped coming to my parents' house, filling our stockings and leaving presents under the tree no matter how old we were, and I would have been pissed if he had. This is so none of my business, but I'm going to make it my business anyway, I guess. A few years ago at my office holiday party, I was part of a conversation between two co-workers who'd recently had kids, and they were discussing whether or not they were going to do Santa Claus. What? I mean, I guess that's a choice, sure, but why do you hate your babies? Just kidding. But they were like, yeah, my sister's doing it, so if her cousin's going to have it, I guess we have to do it too, but ugh, it just sounds like so much work. I was aghast. And I'm so glad and lucky that my parents have probably never once in their lives said, you know what, making something special for you or for someone else just sounds like too much work. Not that not that a parent's decision to have Santa visit their house or not means anything about the degree to which they love their kids. Of course, I get it. Maybe you have other traditions or ways of working some element of that in, but I don't know. I think in some small way, that's a piece of what we're losing. Magic and belief in, I, I don't know, joy and possibilities. Are we maybe in danger of breeding a generation of jaded, self-involved monsters who don't have any empathy because kids have been forced to grow up too fast and they never had any magic? Maybe. I get that that kind of makes me sound old and I'm sure every generation feels that way but still I don't know we have a pet boa constrictor named Nicholas who has his very own very long stocking and you better believe that Santa fills it with treats for him every year so yeah magic Christmas is a season of magic or it can be and like Halloween Christmas has taken a very long roundabout trip to become the holiday we're all familiar with now I'm sure at some point it's the most wonderful time of the year has come on your ears have kind of perked up at that line that says there'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long long ago what is that I can tell you most of my Christmases have been pretty lacking when it comes to scary ghost stories and I feel robbed so maybe you know that at a certain point, getting together and telling ghost stories was considered a pivotal part of Christmas Eve celebrations. I want to read a little bit from an article from the Smithsonian that kind of fleshes that out a little bit. This was originally published on December 15th, 2017. As the nights darken and we head towards the new year, filled with anxiety and hope, what better emissaries are there to bring such a message than the dead? For the last hundred years, Americans have kept ghosts in their place, letting them out only in October, in the run-up to our only real haunted holiday, Halloween. But it wasn't always this way, and it's no coincidence that the most famous ghost story is a Christmas story, or, put another way, that the most famous Christmas story is a ghost story. Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol was first published in 1843, and its story about a man tormented by a series of ghosts the night before Christmas belonged to a once-rich, now-mostly-forgotten tradition of telling ghost stories on Christmas. Christmas Eve. Dickens' supernatural yuletide terror was no outlier, since for much of the 19th century was the holiday indisputably associated with ghosts and specters. 
Telling ghost stories during winter is a hallowed tradition, a folk custom stretching back centuries when families would while away the winter nights with tales of spooks and monsters. Based in folklore and the supernatural, it was a tradition the Puritans, the Puritans, frowned on, so it never gained much traction in America. Washington Irving helped resurrect a number of forgotten Christmas traditions in the early 19th century, but it really was Dickens who popularized the notion of telling ghost stories on Christmas Eve. Ugh, the Puritans. They ruined everything. Because of their still lingering legacy, I had to suffer through the horrors of Colonial Day, which maybe you remember from our Halloween episode. And now we find out that Christmas could have been way cooler too. Thanks. So maybe a Christmas carol kept knocking on my door if for no other reason than it's the ultimate Christmas ghost story, right? And it was trying to connect us to the past a little bit. I think there might even be a little more to it, but let's start there and see what happens. Now, I'm not going to bore you by giving you the Cliff Notes version of a Christmas carol. We all know the story of Ebenezer Scrooge and the three ghosts that pay him a visit. What if instead, to start, we do our small part to revive that tradition of storytelling? Have you ever seen or heard a ghost? Do you have a literal ghost story? I do. It's not great, but it's the best I've got, and it's on my list of weirdest things I've ever experienced. So here's your Christmas ghost story, and I want to hear yours too. Ooh, I think we need a fire for this. Okay. Back in the 90s, the 90s, as a teenager, I worked at a record store, and I really got that total Empire Records experience. It was fun kind of crazy, and most of us became friends who spent time together outside of work. The store was open until midnight, so those of us who worked the closing shift were on a pretty nocturnal schedule, and we'd normally hang out after closing and grab a late night meal or watch a movie at somebody's house or something. So that was the case one night when I was going over to my friend Kyle's house around one in the morning. At the time, he lived with his grandparents, and they were away on a trip, so the house was supposedly empty. Now, my friend had not said or done anything to sort of prime me or get my imagination running or anything at all. And I'd never been to his house before up until that point. So the kitchen was in the front of the house with the windows kind of facing out towards the driveway. And as the car pulled in and the headlights arced across the windows, I saw two figures standing there looking out at us, clear as day. And I said, oh, I thought you said nobody was home. And he replied, yeah, they're not. And I said, okay, but there are two people standing there staring at us. And he said, yeah, our house is kind of haunted. I don't know why I took that in stride, maybe because he was so whatever about it. I probably should have asked like a million questions, but I was, I don't know, too socially awkward or paralyzed by the crush I had on him or something. I don't know. So we go into the house and sure enough, it's dark. No sign of anybody. And we go into his room to watch Evil Dead 2. This sounds like it's gonna get a little sexy, right? But boy, was that never gonna happen. And whatever, is there any more erotic experience than watching Evil Dead 2 at 1 a.m. while digging around in your Carl Jr. takeout bag anyway? No. So we're watching the movie and there is a loud, persistent knock at the bedroom door. And my friend jumps up and pulls the door open and of course, there's nobody there. So apparently this was not entirely out of the ordinary and he told me similar things happened all the time. Apparently his dog would often hide in the bathtub and cower for seemingly no reason. So I don't know, that's pretty good, right? Spectral figures, late night banging, not the kind you usually want, but sure, I'll take it. That was definitely the closest thing I've ever had to a paranormal experience. I'm not even sure I believe in ghosts. In fact, I'm kind of inclined to say that I 
don't. Sure, I believe that death is not the end of the human experience, but are there echoes of the past or ghosts trapped in the earthly realm? Who knows? I love a good ghost story, but I don't spend that much time thinking about ghosts in the literal sense. I'll tell you what, the sixth sense is kind of my worst nightmare. When I die, I think I'm owed some answers. Don't tell me I'm going to be bumbling around, not sure if I'm alive or dead, knocking on doors with no idea what the hell I'm doing. That's my life now. God. All right, let's take a little break. I'm digging this thread of Christmas hauntings. What do you think? Let's keep following it. Go freshen up your nog, and I'm going to play a reading of one of my favorite poems that just so happens to be about what it means to be haunted. Ooh, we're getting dramatic now. But I mean, really, who needs ghosts? Sometimes the mind can be its own haunted house, and we're pretty great at scaring ourselves, right? Sing it, Emily Dickinson. One need not be a chamber to be haunted. One need not be a house. The brain has corridors surpassing material place. Far safer of a midnight meeting external ghost than its interior confronting that cooler host. Far safer through an abbey gallop the stones a chase and unarmed, one's a self-encounter in a lonesome place. Our self behind ourself, concealed, should startle most. Assassin hid in our apartment, be horrors least. The body borrows a revolver. He bolts the door, or looking a superior spectre, or more. So, Christmas can feel like a really powerful time of year, right? When life slows down and the world kind of draws in and grows quiet. It's a good time to reflect and celebrate, sure, but it can also be kind of bittersweet and melancholy. It's easy to get swept away by nostalgia. Maybe you feel like you've had happier times. This has been a difficult year for a lot of people, so when a cold wind blows in, bringing with it three ghosts, where do they take you? Let's start with the ghost of Christmas past, or holidays past if you don't celebrate Christmas. The ghost of Christmas past started calling me a little early this year. For Thanksgiving, I went to Philadelphia with my boyfriend Patrick to spend time with his family. We can partially blame that trip for the little show interruption we experienced, but anyway, I grew up in Southern California. I've never experienced real seasons or lived in any other area of the country that has weather. Nevertheless, I crave it in a way that makes no kind of sense, really. On the few occasions when I've traveled back there, it feels like home. I absolutely love soaking up the autumnal or winter splendor. There was snow on the ground when we were there. I love the cold. I love everything about it. It just feels right to me. Like, this is the way the holidays are supposed to be. This is the way life is supposed to be. Something about it feeds me. So there's this kind of wistfulness that slingshots me into reflection when I'm there. And none of this was or is new information, but I was just so happy to be there. Happy to be welcomed and spending a holiday with my partner and his family without any real worries other than all the standard stuff like who will sleep where and who will sit next to who at dinner and whatever other stress comes along when a family with a lot of different personalities gets together, right? I was just really aware of of 
how different my life looks now than it did even a few years ago. And honestly, in most ways, it kind of looks the way I always dreamed it would. But there was a time when that seemed not only out of reach, but impossible. And that realization and that awareness continues to be with me now as we head into Christmas. I can feel it so strongly that it really feels like the ghost of Christmas past has come knocking and maybe taken me back in time just in case I've forgotten everything that's happened and how much things have changed. Sometimes it's easy to take things for granted or if maybe those aren't the right words. Sometimes when change seems to happen gradually over time, we look around and our life just kind of makes sense, right? But if you look at everything that had to transpire to get you where you are, it's really kind of amazing. And we don't always have that awareness. Sometimes everything can just seem kind of ho-hum at best. As I'm sure you have, I've had a few really difficult holiday seasons that left me feeling disappointed, heartbroken, alone, and uncertain. There was a time when I was all but estranged from my parents when I didn't speak to them, my mom in particular, for long stretches. At one point, we didn't talk for about a year, and sometimes that overlapped with the holidays. I definitely spent at least one Thanksgiving alone at a Denny's, and rather than pretending like it wasn't Thanksgiving and ordering the moons over my hammy or something, I absolutely had to twist the knife and order the sad Denny's Thanksgiving plate, and I probably cried into it. When I came out to my parents when I was 18, it did not go well. And that's not the story I want to tell right now, but it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. And not just the coming out part, but the aftermath and everything that went along with it. But I will tell you, I kind of knew that was going to be the case. And I don't think I knew how bad things were going to get. And if I had, I probably never would have done it. But I can remember standing in the bathroom, looking at myself in the mirror, trying to find the courage to have this difficult conversation. And I knew it was going to be hard, but one of the things that pulled me forward was this vision I had of one day being at Christmas around the tree with my family and my partner with us, like wearing matching holiday sweaters or something goofy like that. Well, maybe the sweater part wasn't that important, although I do love a good sweater. But there was something about that vision, the way that I knew I ultimately wanted my life to look, that was... A snapshot of a future that felt real to me. And I knew that if I wanted to give it a shot at coming true, I was going to have to take a big leap and kind of walk through the fire. I don't know why specifically Christmas. It wasn't Christmas at the time, other than, I mean, all holidays are important to me, I guess. And Christmas in particular represented a family whole and together healed, maybe. So I held on to that for years when things were terrible, when I was all but disowned. When I was told if I ever acted on these gay, gay feelings that I had, my parents would never speak to me again. I held on to it. To say it felt far away is an understatement. It really felt impossible because I was being told that it was. But still, on some level, I knew better. I kind of instinctively knew that this was going to be a very long road. The same way I knew that the way my parents were reacting was out of fear and concern for me and that it was ultimately rooted in love, even if the way it manifested was maybe less than ideal. And I knew that this was their stuff and not my stuff. And if I could just hold, wait, hold that snapshot of how I wanted my life to look, maybe things would shift. So yeah, I've had some crappy holiday seasons for sure. I hope that's not the place you're in right now, but if you're staring into a sad pool of gravy, I am right there with you. Sometimes things can just suck. No better way to describe it. So let's dry our tears with a dinner roll and get some pie. Whew, we're back in 2018. I'll tell you what, that was a rough ride. 
20 years of angst, uncertainty, and any number of other painful emotions and difficult conversations I never want to experience again. Today, literally today, I caught myself rolling my eyes and kind of muttering under my breath because my mom called me to chastise me for not answering her texts quickly enough when she was out Christmas shopping for my partner and she needed my feedback. That was my biggest problem and annoyance today. My mom bending over backwards buying gifts for my boyfriend. Are you kidding me? Now, this is not our first Christmas together, and I don't even really think about it anymore. Oh, wait a second. Really? My life looks pretty much exactly like the vision I had when I was 18 years old. That vision of my family gathered around the tree on Christmas with my boyfriend, and we're smiling, and everything is just fine. Yep. I'll spare you the details of exactly how all that happened because I don't think it's particularly important right now, but it didn't happen overnight by any means, and to me it genuinely feels like a miracle. Somewhere along the line, some kind of grace showed up, and we could all just let go of our pain and fear and just be okay. So where did that vision of Christmas future come from? That vision that circled back from time to time over the years and helped pull me through. Bear with me because this might start to sound a little crazy, and I'm using the word vision. I hope that's okay. Not because I really feel like I had some kind of precognitive glimpse into the future, but it definitely felt like it was coming from somewhere, and not just like something I was generating all by myself in the moment. And it really did seem to come with some kind of awareness that I needed to hold for this and hold on to this, even in those moments when it felt totally impossible. What is that? Or what was that? What the hell are you, Ghost of Christmas Future? I, I don't know. But I do know there is room for transformation in your life, even room for miracles. And if things suck right now, and you have an idealized vision of the way you hope your life will look someday, it is possible. No matter how unlikely, crazy, or impossible it might seem, it can happen. And the best part is you don't even have to know how. That's not your job. Your job right now is to just dream up your life because, okay, I'm gonna ask you to do something. Let's say that you are the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future in your own life. And you have the ability to look backwards and forwards in time in service to changing and actively creating your own life. What if on some strange level that idealized vision of the future that I had was delivered to me by a version of myself that was living it, wanting my 17-year-old self who was just at the beginning of a long road to know that it was all going to be okay? What if you were to do that now? What if you took a minute or two and pictured yourself in the past, maybe during a particularly rough time, and you reached out to them in their struggle with a little bit of love and to say, hey, I'm still here, and things work out, and it's going to be okay. I don't know. This is all starting to sound kind of sci-fi and crazy, but they might just be able to hear you. Also, what if you ask the ghost of Christmas future for a message? What if you say, hey, future self, is there a version of you that's living the life I'm imagining? And if so, can you help me figure out how to get there? Or at least tell me that everything works out? I don't know. Give it a try and see if you hear anything. I will leave you to it. Okay, I think it's time to ask the Horacle. So I'm going to pull a card from our deck of online divination cards and ask for a holiday reading and see what the Horacle has to say. And the card we have drawn is self-care. And my first instinct is to hit reload and immediately draw another card because I was hoping for something a little more Christmas magic for you all. But all right, let's read the message on the card. And first of all, the photo on the card is an image from Poltergeist of the paranormal investigator um, when he's looking at himself in the mirror, hallucinating and ripping his own face off, you know. And the message on the card reads, you are being guided to take better care of yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. 
Have you been neglecting your fitness routine or indulging in self-destructive behavior? Practice excellent self-care and listen to what your body is telling you. Consider getting a massage or starting a new bedtime beauty regimen. Okay, I think, you know, maybe the real takeaway message here is to just be gentle with yourself um, and forgiving with yourself, especially over the holidays when it's kind of a slippery slope and it's easy to kind of let go of some of our better self-care habits. But again, be gentle with yourself and let's not make it about what you're not doing or what you feel like you should be doing. It's all going to be fine. You'll get back into your routine in a couple of weeks or so. But for now, just just be mindful and be loving with yourself. All right. Thanks, Oracle, I guess. What if sometimes the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future visit to remind us of where we came from, how far we've come, and where we're going? What if those ghosts are just echoes of you reaching out across time from different points in your life to keep you on track? Kind of like Emily Dickinson expressed, much more eloquently, who needs ghosts or a haunted house when you have yourself? So look around. Sometimes, when our lives shift over time and the pain of the past is dissipated and given way to new challenges, our lives can seem less than impressive. Like we are where we are and we just kind of shrug. But I'll bet if you look back at where you've come from and everything you've been through, everything you've been through, where you are now, your present, is nothing short of a miracle. Look at everything you've done and everything you've become, and you're not done! So, if this is a hard year or a painful Christmas season for you, I hear you. I'm here to tell you, based on my experience, anything is possible. Sometimes we just have to hold and make it through the terrible part. I believe you can heal and transform any part of your life, and that miracles are possible, especially this time of year. So, if whatever miracle you need seems really far away, just hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You can do it. And remember, there's some version of the ghost of Christmas future. It's you, baby. The future is not written and you can dream your life into being. So make sure it's a good one. Merry Christmas, everybody. Bye. This show is an Unreliable Narrator production. For more information, visit unreliablenarrator.org.